Sweet. Okay. Welcome to our first episode. Today we have a very special guest with us, Dr. Peterson from the Life Science Building. And we're really privileged to have him because really we're just looking for a few insights from people that are here on campus, whether that be staff, students, um, so that we can help spread or create a culture of, um, I don't know, common knowledge, what things are important, share things that are of value to each other. So today we brought in Dr. Peterson and we have a few questions to run by him. Is that all right? Yeah, that just sounds great. Sweet. Well, first off, Dr. Peterson, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are? Yeah, sure. So uh, I teach here at BYU, I'm a professor, and I teach in the College of Life Sciences. And this is the Department of Plant and Wildlife Sciences. And so I get to do a lot of things related to ecology and environmental science. I teach an environmental biology class. Right, of which and, I'm a uh, part. Very, yeah, right, yeah, right. It's, it's a nice pretty sweet. class. I love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a great class. It's a chance for us to get together and talk about things that are important to this earth. Yeah. And that matters to me a lot. That's kind of the aspect of my background, my history. So even as a little kid, I was raised in an environment where we talked a lot about science and the earth. My dad's a geologist. That's what we you go said. Out in the deserts and we collect fossils. And all your brothers are geologists, all right? All my brothers are too. My right. sisters are ecologists. So we all have this, you know, this thing in common. Yeah. So that was just kind of the way I grew up. And so going in this field was very natural to me. And I just have always found the earth to be an amazing place. Wow. And the more you study it, the more you appreciate it, right? Yeah. That's how most things are. The more time you spend really getting into them, you start to understand what they're all about, and then you then you value those things. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah. So that's happened here. That's why I've decided to take this path. It was a lot of work to go through school. It takes forever to get to be a professor. <laughs> it feels like that. Yeah. But and once all said and done, then you've had some really cool experiences getting to that point. And then after that, you get to be in this environment where you talk about things that are meaningful and really important. Yeah, a testament to how much this matters to you, right? Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, yeah this stuff is, like, really important. <laughs> Hopefully to me, for sure, but also the people around. I think it's yeah. really, you know, stuff that we all should be thinking about. I think that's the point of this podcast today is to kind of spread awareness of, well, specifically environmental, well, everything that has to do with treating our environment correctly as it should be. Yeah. So our first question for you today is... Uh, what inspired you? Well, you kind of mentioned that a little bit, but what specifically motivates you to study what you, what you do? We influence so many other things around us. And I think the more we understand those things and study them, the more we can respect them, the more we appreciate them, the more knowledge we have on how to, how to handle it, how to deal with it correctly. Hmm. Well, it has to do with the way we, not just the knowledge we have, but our management strategies, the way we perceive our own influences and how that then radiates out to the rest of the planet we live on. Yeah. And, you know, often we talk about things that you and I are doing right here, right now, in our own little environment, in our neighborhood or whatever, but these are global issues. And I think the more we talk about stuff like this, the more important it becomes yeah. to society. And it really should be, because there's some things that, that if we don't grasp, if we don't really wrap our minds around, then it could come back to really be a problem in the future. And that's why I think we're staring that down the face right now. I couldn't agree more. It makes me think of... Whenever we talk about possible solutions to whether that be aquatic systems or um, production of food and stuff like that, al almost always one of the solutions is educating the farmers or right. educating the population. Yeah. And so, like you're saying, education is a primary method of being a solution, right? Oh, I just I love it. I think that's the biggest thing. If we understand, if we can like just grasp or put our minds around what's going on. And knowing what influence we can have, either for good or for bad, at least we recognize that. 
then we can do something about it. Then we got common ground and people can be aware of the things that we're facing. Totally. Right now there's so many subjects, right? We have <laughs> in our class. We've yeah. got so many different topics we bring up and you know, currently we're talking about climate change and yeah. how important that is. And it's just becoming a bigger and bigger subject all the time. And if people are just not really paying attention to it, if we're not having conversations about it, I think that limits our ability to actually do something about it. Yeah. So being aware and discussing these things and being clear in what we're trying to say and do, I think that's a giant step in the right direction. Perfect. Couldn't agree more. Second question for you. For the BYU population, whether that be staff, students, faculty, um, what words of advice would you give? How can they be more environmentally aware what steps could they take to, to actually make a difference? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of a lot of times we'll find ourselves thinking, what am I what am I gonna do as one person? Yeah. How much difference can I really make? But the fact is it just takes one person who then it becomes two people and then third and fourth and so on. It just it builds on itself. And the more we have this knowledge about what we can do, and that's you know, shared or spread across the campus, for example, then I think you do start to see actual change that takes place. And like at BYU, you have an office of sustainability. And there yeah. are people there who are, it's a brand new department. It's only two two years old, I think. And their whole goal is to make sure that BYU is sustainable. Mm. And that has to do with environmental sustainability. And it's really cool that they have this program in place. I think the goal is that, is that students and faculty, whoever works here, staff, that we all have an ability to do something, to make a difference, and, and to make change. And often I think it comes down to us as individuals. So what we do as individuals I think will be maybe a little impact, but as that grows among people here on campus, it becomes a much larger thing. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's a lot of really obvious ones of, of recycling, you know, the things we use and how much we throw away every day. It's <laughs> insane, right? Yeah, it's, it's a crazy. lot of stuff. We always want to just pitch things and not think about where they go. But I had this professor when I was taking environmental science, it's back in the 1990s. <laughs> and this guy said, there is no way. We throw things away, but really, there's no way. It's going somewhere. Hmm. And if we know what that is, we know where it's going, at least we can make decisions about where we're going to put our stuff. And so these, there's obviously there's trash, but there's also things we can recycle. And maybe it takes a little more effort to do it, but to take our stuff and go bring it down to a recycle bin or take it from your, your apartment or wherever you live and bring it to campus and put the recycling bins here, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, the big one for me is I, I live outside of town and over in Spanish Fork. And there's a bus system that goes all the way down to Payson and back up every day. It goes back and forth. Hmm. And I see that bus getting used more and more all the time. And there's su- there are students and faculty who get on that bus and they take it back and forth. When our, our past, our behavior is one to drive. We just always kind of think that cars are going to be the thing to get us around. Hmm. But it's really not the case. There's things we could also do like commuting or taking public transit that really can be effective, can make a big difference in how much in how much gas we use, how much money we spend on that ourselves, but also how much carbon we're taking out in the atmosphere. At what cost? Like that. 10 minutes, right? 10 yeah, so minutes right. of travel time? Big, yeah, so I think of a thing. So not a major change. Yeah. But overall, if we all do that, it makes a big difference. It really yeah. can. Totally. And then the list goes on and on, right? There's so many things we can just do individually to change the way we think. We can minim- minimize how much we consume or we can purchase things in bulk. Hmm. We can um, be conscientious about where, you know, how we're using our, our resources and is there more effective ways we can use them that just doesn't have quite the impact on the earth that we would normally, that we would normally would have. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate all those responses. And now usually 
the professor is the one testing the student, but yeah, we're going right. to reverse roles really quick. Oh, right. <laughs> um, we've talked about the, the amount of water on the earth and how, oh. well, it's essential to living, right? Yeah. So do you remember the t- 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 statistics, how much of the water on earth is fresh water? Yeah, it's just a, it's a small percentage. Yeah. There's only like 2 or 3% of the water that's fresh water. Exactly, right? Yeah. And how much of that is trapped in glaciers? Yeah, so 90, 99, 98%, 99% of that's trapped in glaciers on top of that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> you think about how much water is not available that's fresh water. It's right. just tied up. It's in ice. It's in locations where we don't access it. I know. And so thinking about that, like only 3% of the water that we can consume on the entire planet and 97% of that is trapped in a glacier, what are we doing with the little water that we do have, right? And so, um, you mentioned like, in just a household, like what is the primary consumption of fresh water? Yeah, the biggest culprit are toilets. Toilets, right? A lot of water flushing toilets. Right. So, we also take some long showers that we all want a good long shower, (laughs) some hot water. Yeah. That's just kind of a natural thing, but... We put, we put a lot of water down the drain doing that. Right. So just a little thing is like updating your toilet. Yeah. Maybe an old one, getting a more modern one that uses less water. Or fixing leaks. And leaks. Leaks are a big problem. We often have a toilet that's got a small little leak. But yeah. over time, that drip adds up to gallons. Yeah. Tens of gallons, hundreds, thousands of gallons. It's a matter of time before that happens. And so fixing those little problems is not expensive and it's not hard to do. Right. But that little thing can make a big difference in how much water we're consuming. Well, look, we just in 10 minutes, we've talked about a lot of ways that we can make an impact in the world around us, specifically the environment that we live in. And uh, we really appreciate Dr. Peterson spending some time with us. Today. I love it. It's great fun. Thanks for inviting <laughs> me. I really appreciate this. Of course. Alrighty. That's a wrap. All right. Thanks for tuning in today. Next time, we'll be having our good buddy Chad talking about dating advice. And for those freshmen, what are some words of the wise for your first year of college. Tune in.